0: Coming up. Welcome to the Bat Flip Crazy Podcast with your host, Toby G. Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 127 and Bubba and the Batflip. Bubba and I are going to be tackling week 13 fab review, uh, sharing some of our own ads and drops, and then doing a bunch of listener questions dating back for the last three weeks. I apologize I was on vacation, then I got COVID last week. I'm doing all right now. Still a little congested, uh, Voice is going out a little bit. But um, otherwise, uh, on the up and up. So sorry it's been a few weeks, but uh, we get back to it this week. Hope you enjoy the show. As always, if you do enjoy the podcast, please do leave a rating and review on iTunes. Always appreciate that. Or your preferred podcast platform like Spotify if you're not listening to us on iTunes. Uh, all right. Thanks so much. Let's get this party started
1: and welcome back everybody to another episode of bubba and the bat flip episode 127 going to recap your week 13 and fab as toby was mentioning before so the halfway point we are b- halfway home which is great to see you can find myself on twitter at Pediatric and the after mentioned toby on twitter at batflip crazy toby how we doing man we're doing well bubba you just lost your Maybe. volume uh-oh can you hear me? Yeah, you're good now. You're good now. You're good. Sorry about and that. At, well, yeah, no problem. Uh, I
0: missed you, is what I was saying.
1: Uh, I missed you too. And and you're, you're out. Of, you're, you're you're in and out. Try to try to try to play with your chord again, real quick. Man, I want to hear how cord, good your thoughts are about this, me. <laughs> all right. One quick thing here. All right. Now your camera's off and you're gone. Well, we will wait a minute as Toby's having technical difficulties. I, w- I wish I was talented on uh, electronics. I'd have like a little do 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 something like that going on in the background for you, but here we are. You just get to start my lovely mug if you're watching on the Fancy Dijons YouTube channel. Check that fun stuff out, or if you're watching us live on Twitter, people gotta be eating this up right now. Gotta be loving this as Toby tries to figure out his technical issues over there between his cord and his camera, which now is completely gone from StreamYard, so I'll we'll have to give him a second to... uh hop back into the podcast, but it's going to be a fun one. It's been a few weeks off. Toby's been on vacation. We had a – my daughter was sick one uh, Tuesday night, so it's just been a slew of things to uh, keep us away from each other, but you can't keep us away forever. So we're back to get your week 13, talking Jaron Duran's, Isak Paredes, uh, Mitch White, many other big ads halfway through the season here. Uh, we were joking earlier that uh, football season is coming around, so people are going to start forgetting about baseball, which for us that are really going hard – At the NFBC leagues and any other fancy sports fancy baseball leagues across all platforms This could benefit you in a big way And we're going to be here all season for you in one way or another to help you uh, get your league titles Hopefully and win some money or trophies or belts or whatever you do for your league So hopefully there'll be some fun stuff there for you as well But it's going to be fun It's going to be a lot of fun as we just wait for Toby to check back in as he's having some technical difficulties there In wonderful northern California But um I don't blame him. His, his equipment is probably rusty. He's been uh, on a vacation mode, having living the time of his life, which he should be doing in the summertime. So we will wait and see what he has up his sleeve here as he uh, looks to check back in and have some fun on this wonderful, wonderful Tuesday evening of craziness around the Diamond uh, Cookie Carrasco got beat around. Here we go. Toby is back, everybody. Welcome back, Toby. you yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're not using, you have a different microphone set up. It's using your computer mic. Oh, it's
0: using my computer mic. God. Bubba, why is this so (laughs) challenging here? No worries. No worries. I'm going to bust out the Yeti here. There you go. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Now my voice is all soothing. All right. There's your Yeti. That was just an elaborate way for me to say for a third time that I missed you, Bubba. I'm very sorry to all the listeners for the. Uh, technical difficulties. I promise. I can't promise, but that's, 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 (laughs) um, things have been good. I was on vacation for one week. I got COVID last week. So recovering from that recovered from that mostly, except you can tell I'm a little bit nasally, but other than that, I've been good. I'm, I'm excited to jump back on and it was a nice, nice little week of fab. So I'm excited to,
1: to, to dig deeper. Yeah, I was uh, telling the listeners while you were gone that we have some fun names to talk about, so we will uh, get right into those names. And as usual, for those that want to keep track at home, we go over the uh, OCs, the online championships, 12-team leagues, which are a little more what most people play, a lot of 15s. Toby's mainly a 15 guy, mainly a 12 guy, but this will help uh, kind of get the gist of things. And again, twelve league, 12-team 12 fab is wild. And your top added player was Jaron Duran in 129 leagues, as high as 251, as low as a dollar. And for those that keep track, he is not playing in Toronto because he's not vaccinated. But prior to that, has just been raking since he got called up. He's hitting 327. Uh, No home runs, but seven extra bases, four stolen bases. And he's leading off every day for the Boston Red Sox. And uh, Enrique Hernandez had a setback, so that's going to keep him away for a little while, which should keep Duran in the lineup for the Red Sox. Um, I already had him in a few places prior to this. I wasn't aggressive on him this week. What were your thoughts on Jaron Duran, who I like? I'm still concerned that whenever Enrique comes back, we're in trouble. But as long as Duran keeps producing, it's like you can't keep sending the kid back. So what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I he wasn't available in any of my 15s. So I didn't do any deep dives on him, really. He was available in uh, an OC that I have, but I have John Birdie. So I don't really need steals steals? at all. Who needs steals 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 when you got John birdie, right? Oh, the bird. And so, and I think because of the questions that you mentioned, number one, like heading into this week, he would have been a bench guy, at least initially because he's got the blue Jays and he's unvaccinated. So he's not going to be playing. And then, you know, I know that, um, Kike Hernandez had the, the setback. It's unclear when he's going to return, but when he does return, the question is, are they going to continue to give Duran playing time? So, Again, it's one of those challenging situations where you can kind of either believe or you don't, um, and you know you've got to, you know, you're going to have to pay up for for that belief. And I'm just not willing to do that if there's too many question marks um, that are kind of hanging around him. But as you mentioned, like he's been hitting well. Um, obviously, an a- elevated Babbitt, but you know the strikeout rate is down, the contact rate is up. O swings better so theoretically you know it's a very small sample of 57 plate appearances but he's seeing the ball ball, ball better already he's making more contact he's got three barrels you know 7.3 percent barrel rate so there's a lot of there's a lot of metrics that are saying that maybe this time could be different um you know the question is going to be um i think playing time a little bit and then again um you know whether he can whether he can
1: sustain it as Pitchers start to to adjust. Yeah, that'll be the, the big question. I'm, I I don't blame anybody for wanting to add him to your team, but like, like we were both saying, uh, with the shortened week for him, that was making me not want to spend a lot of money in other question marks in play. but still a really good player. If you need steals, I get it, like a really good spot. Plus, that offense is clicking, so he's going to score a ton of runs in that offense, so definite upside to him there. And Alex Verdugo might be hitting for batting average, but he's not doing much else. Like Duran can outperform Alex Verdugo right now. So there's there's and and lot to mention. Jackie Bradley Jr. can't hit the broadside of a barn, so there might be ways for Duran to stick around if uh, if he keeps playing well. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. All right, the big name of the week: Esoc Paredes picked up in 117 leagues, as high as 207, as low as, of course, a dollar. He hit safely in all six games last week, with three games with three hits. He hit five home runs last week, one three home run game. Uh, most impressively to me this season, you know, we knew the power was there for him. Never had consistent play anytime. He's getting it right now with Brandon Lau out. He could be coming back soon. Bright side is he's playing first base, third base, and second base. So they're playing all over the diamond to keep him in the lineup. But the most impressive thing for me, Toby, with Paredes, is he's not striking out a lot. Like this past week, it was below 10%. On the season, it's like 15%. For him, I think that's a big, big plus because obviously with the power he brings to the table, more balls in play, common sense stuff here. But that was something that always concerned me with him in the minors and his time with Detroit. He's adjusted there. Can it be sustainable? We'll see. Batting average is not his forte, so keep that in mind. But power is. Uh, what are your thoughts on Isak Paredes?
0: Yeah, you know, he's he's been able to maintain a low K rate, you know, throughout the minors. Even Steamer hasn't projected it for a 16.3% K rate. So not a lot of change that we're going to see right there. I think the, you know, the reason he was on the map, I think for a lot of, for a lot of players was last week. I mean, he just, he went off. I can't remember how many home runs he had. He had five, four, he had five, he had five home runs last week in like four and two games or something like that. Um, so who, who did he Who did he hit three home runs off of Nestor Cortez? Yes. Is that right? Na- yeah. Nestor, he ruined, yep. he ruined that start for me. So, I mean, I think the thing for Paredes is he's got the ten home runs, which is huge, but on seven barrels. And don't get me wrong, seven barrels in a hundred and eight plate appearances is very good, you know. So whether he's going to be able to maintain that that or not, I'm not sure. But right now, he's getting pretty lucky with just the home run per flyer ball rate at 24.4 percent. He's not a guy that's necessarily known as being like uh, a a major power guy. I mean, the most home runs he had in a minor league season, I think was 12 in 2021 or 15 in 2018. So he's never really like been wowed you with the power, but you know, so far he's showing it in the majors and he's got a higher max uh, exit velocity than he's ever had before. But um, I think, I think one of the major questions too is like, is going to be playing time. I haven't been paying attention to what he's done um, this week so far, but you have, you have um, uh, Wander coming back, you know, and so there's going to be a little bit more competition for playing time. But as long as he hits, I think it's great. But I think we've probably seen
1: uh, his easily best week of the season already. Yep, 100% with you on that one. Uh, next up is Josh Lowe. He is back with Tampa Bay, picked up in 111 leagues, as high as 189. Same guy, different story. At least he's hit safely in four straight games coming into Tuesday. That's a plus, but the strikeout rate is still through the roof. The strikeout rate was still very high in the minors. Um, in the minors, once again, though, he hit with power, showed some speed. Like, he's done that every time he's been in the minors this year, but in the bigs it has not translated. He's at least kind of hitting for average this time around, but still striking out way too much for my liking. I think I actually have him in one league because he was like a third, a tertiary bid, and he, he fell to me, but as a 12-teamer. Um I just wasn't super aggressive on him. I get the upside, but uh, what was your thoughts on Josh Lowe?
0: Yeah, he's a tough one for the reasons you mentioned. I mean, the K rate is is sky high. I will say the contact rate isn't 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 awful. Um, it's in the high 60s, 68.3%. Uh, he's got a really nice O swing, so he's play, he's patient, he's gonna get on base, um, potentially score some runs, steal some bases. He's got that power speed combo. When you look at, you know, what the bad X has him projected for. You know, six home runs, six steals, and 243 plate appearances. So, you know, maybe like 10 and 10 for the rest of the season is a, is a possibility. But then you see the 219 batting average that goes along with that, and it's a little bit of a drag. But again, like batting average is so horrendous across the league that it's almost like hard to find guys now outside of like Andrew Velasquez or Joey Gallo that really uh, torpedo your batting average that much. So I took a shot at him, I think in 15, I think I might've gotten him in TGFBI or, or barf or an OC. I think I bid like 78 bucks for him or something like that. Um, but not in like a, not in a league where, where my fab is, is, is scarce. So um, I'm, you know, we'll see what
1: happens. Um, hopefully it'll be encouraging, but I, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. You know, Margot's going to be out for a while. That's been established. Kiermaier is pretty banged up as well, so the playing time will be there for now. We'll just have to see how he keeps things trucking, that's for sure. Edio is back, and this time not just because he's going back and forth for call-ups. He came back off the IL, uh, picked up in 111 leagues, as high as 147, as low as two, so no no dollar bids for Edio this week. Um, two home runs in his first game back. He's striking out 43% of the time in his four games back. And the biggest concern, which was not really happening before he got hurt, is he is platooning right now he is platooning and that was a shock to many because before he went on the IL, he was playing every day and he was leading off the last few days before he got hurt so you know the assumption was he'd come back and Kyle Isabel would not be in the way but for now Kyle Isbell and Eddie oh Eddie Alvarez are platooning for the royals that is not cool but uh, what's your thoughts on Alvarez uh, this week
0: yeah isbell hit a home run today too um Yeah. I mean, I like, I really like Oliveris. I've been a fan of his, like a lot of people, um, for a long time. I think if he can get that playing time is the key, but like you mentioned, it looks like he's part of a platoon, not going to get that consistent playing time. I think eventually that'll open up, uh, you know, Andrew Benintendi. There's a lot of rumors that he's going to get dealt. Um, so that'll open us up a spot in the outfield with them shipping Santana. Obviously there's Vinny P, um, who's coming up, um, but you know, so so we'll kind of see how they divvy up the playing time. But I think Oliveras probably has the highest ceiling of a lot of the guys that we're talking about, just because he can post a decent batting average with that um power speed combo. But he's actually like he's pretty similar to low in terms of the home runs and speed. Um, when you look at his projections and 80 plate appearances, two and two. So you multiply that by three and you get six and six, just like you had for Josh Lowe, over 240 plate appearances. So Again, a really nice guy, especially in a fifteen teamer. I think you know the thing about shallower leagues is oftentimes you know the strategy that I've been employing this year, and and I often do is a lot of times just picking up you know the best matchup guy you know uh, for this week uh, is going to be uh, more beneficial than kind of sticking with a guy like Eddie O all the time. So, like uh, an example, this week would be like a Nick Gordon, even in a twelve teamer. You know, he's like a ten dollar player for this week he's got five games in the first four days he's got eight in the full week a guy like that is probably going to out earn eddie olivares on a somewhat regular basis when you're playing him and then you swap him out for like you know last week it was uh cooper you know um uh what's his name cooper Garrett cooper Garrett cooper thank you uh you know or, or oscar gonzalez or somebody like that right you just kind of switch switch and swap so that's the only thing for me, like with, with a guy like Eddie Oliveris in a shallower league is I'm not sure he's worth the exorbitant price that people are paying uh, for the full ter- for the full season, you know, price for him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I was one of the guys I didn't break the bank for him by any means. We'll talk about that later, but I was looking to get him in my 12 teamers. Cause I thought he'd play every day. Um, so now that he's not playing every day, we have decisions to make this Sunday and that's where it gets fun in a 12 team or 15. Like you said, you just take it because it's still going to be valuable But in that 12, it's all about those at-bats. Like you're talking about Nick Gordon even went deep on Tuesday. He's been sneaky, sneaky good. So um, I'm with you on that. That'll be something to reevaluate this weekend. And, hey, maybe Platoon stops halfway through the week because they – I don't know, but Isabel went deep, like you said, so I don't see it stopping. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And it was a big bummer to see because didn't expect that one to happen. Lou Trevino is back as the closer for the Oakland Athletics. Started the season there. Things got rough. Danny Jimenez looked great. Danny Jimenez is back on the IL now. I think he's out for the season. Um, so now we go back to Lou Trevino, who's picked up saves and back-to-back outings. He hasn't allowed a run in four straight outings, striking guys out, looking much, much better. He was added in on 90 leagues as high as $125. We know how people like to pay for saves, Toby. Were you in on Lou
0: Trevino this week? I actually was in on Lou Trevino, not at like a really high, high price, but um I got him in a couple places. I got him in one main event, I think for $33, and then I got him in a main event or a super for like 24 bucks or something like that, I think. Um, And so the thing about him, I feel like he's, he's, he's kind of a victim of two different things. Number one, the fact that he's Lou Trevino and he's been God awful at points in time during the season. And he was, you know, at points in time in last season. So I think the shine has faded a a little bit um, there. And I think he's also a guy where with Oakland, you know, you're like, the Oakland's not going to get a lot of save opportunities, and they're probably going to want to trade Trevino. And I kind of bought into that like a little bit. I actually picked up Trevino four weeks ago, I think. Um, I remember it. Um, I was in Alaska, and I remember because it was actually, it might have been on my birthday, along with the Garrett Cole worst outing of his career, <laughs> that Lou Trevino <laughs> gave up four earned runs in a third of an inning, if even a third of an inning, against uh, Cleveland, against the Guardians. And so I dropped him immediately. But the thing about Trevino, he's gotten the last two saves. When you look at the skills, the skills have been very good for the last little bit. Um, The Z-contact's at 84.2% over his last 15 games. K-rate's at 32.8%. Walk rate is down at 7.8%. So you're looking at about a 25% uh, K-walk minus rate. Swinging strike at 14%. O-swing at 33%, which is really critical... For him, because he tends to struggle with the walks a little bit and in being able to get guys to chase. This is actually one of the highest O-swing percentages he's had recently. And I want to say it corresponds with um, a change in his arsenal. He started throwing, was it a a slider? Yeah, he started throwing a slider um, uh, in in May, I think, after he came off of the IL. And now he's throwing it 20% of the time. It's a new pitch for him. And he's been throwing it really effectively. What does he have on it? His slider has a 26.4% swinging strike rate. It's got a 44.1% O swing, 75% Z contact. So again, relatively cheap cheap for a save spec. You mentioned Jimenez. I think it did the injury didn't end up being as bad as they thought, but he's going to be out. The thing about Jimenez is it's not like he was pitching great beforehand. And the thing about trading Trevino, it's certainly possible that he could get traded. But I looked at his contract and he's actually like he's arbitration eligible next year, but he's not a free agent until 2025. And it's not like he's pitched lights out like so yeah. his arbitration number isn't going to be out of control. So I think there's a possibility, you know, and with these save speculations, you're just hoping that you get a little bit lucky. Like you, you, he goes on a run here where he gets four or five, six saves without blowing one. And then all of a sudden Danny Jimenez comes back, but he's not necessarily in the equation or Danny Jimenez has to pitch himself back into the role. And so that's what I'm hoping for. You know, it's a little bit high at this point, like with the, with, with what fab prices are, but I expect that fab prices will continue to go down. And I'm hoping that the speculation works. So I like Trevino a lot this week and a few weeks ago, it burned me then I'm hoping it doesn't now.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty bummed because I actually drafted Trevino in a lot of places to start the season for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, and I've dropped him, obviously, accordingly since then, and I was not able to get him back this week, but um, is what it is. That's that's the way the game works. But I think he can run off a few here. The biggest problem is, can the A's win baseball games? That's the question to, to, to put out there. But uh, he picked up a couple saves, like we said last week. They'll run into some from time to time. And then you see where he goes from there. So yeah, it's definitely worth a spec. And uh, keep an, I was hoping AJ Puck would get the role, but he's been pretty bad. So that's one to uh, also monitor there. We'll have to see. Um, it's not not a topic for now. But Kenley Jansen to the IL. We'll have to see what the Braves do mm-hmm. in Atlanta because you a- mean- AJ Minter closed it out today. Oh, he did. I was about to say because Minter has been outstanding this year. Yeah, yeah. But there's always that like you know coach going back to the veteran and Will Smith garbage. But I'm glad I'm glad Minter got it. That's good to see. That's really good to see. So we'll be interested to see how much he goes for on a fab as well because they are saying they don't expect Jansen out for long. He's dealt with this before, so keep an eye on that one, everybody, as the week goes on. Next up, Keegan Thompson of the Chicago Cubs added in 73 leagues as high as $55. He had a two step this week, pitched against Cincinnati tonight, has Boston on Sunday. That is not an easy one, but tonight, six and a third, gave up four runs, but struck out eight. That is three straight starts of seven or more strikeouts. So you, you, you got him for the strikeouts for one, the matchup. Didn't get you what you needed in the 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 ERA whip departments, but the strikeouts are a big big plus for Keegan, and now he gets a uh, Boston on Sunday, which yeah, it could be a dicey one. But uh, were you in on Keegan's two step this week?
0: Not really. I had him in one conditional pretty far down. I wanted to be more in on him because I do think the two step with with Cincinnati today, and it didn't go how you planned. But that's not a matchup that you necessarily shy away from. Um, with Cincinnati at home and then having Boston, I think that one's at home as well. Yep. I was somewhat interested, but then I dug in and I just have like a really difficult time. As people who listen to the show know, like I want to see something that I really like about the player and what they're doing. But like when I look at so if you look at the nine games since he's been a starter, one of those games is a relief appearance. But eight of those are starts. You know, his Z contact is around 90 percent, which is awful. His O swing is around 35%, which is really nice. But then K rate at 21.3%, you know, walk rate at 8.1%. So he's got like a 13% K minus walk rate and then swinging strike rates right around 9%. So there's nothing like really there that really gets me super excited. What got me excited is when you said that this is the second consecutive outing that he's had with that number of strikeouts. Like that's, that's a pretty impressive thing. So maybe if I look... But the thing is, I looked at like the last five and stuff like that, and it was actually worse. Like a lot of the skills were worse. Yeah, like his Z contact over those last five games is 92%. You no, know, walk rate at 10.6, K-rate at 21.3. So I just didn't see a lot to love. And then he's also on the Cubs, and the Cubs haven't been playing good baseball, haven't been playing well. So I didn't really see a huge opportunity for wins, especially with Boston being one of them. So I just know. thought like there was there was more of a the floor was too low and the ceiling was a little too low as well
1: for me yeah. to take a shot at him. Yeah, that's kind of how I was when I saw the second start was Boston. It kind of put him way off the list for me. Uh, it was just like I am not going to deal with that. We've talked about it time and time again. Is streaming two start pitchers is not always the answer. Like people want the innings and want this and that, but you know maybe he deals, maybe he goes Chad Cool and throws a complete game shutout out of nowhere. Doubt it. Anything's possible. And then you feel like a dummy for not doing it. But I think the uh, favor, the odds are in our favor not his favor on this one. And I'll take that more often than not. So that was kind of why I wasn't really in on Keegan Thompson as well. Next up, Tyler Wells added in 69 leagues as uh, high as $88. And he had a two-step as well. This week had Seattle on Monday night on the road and gets Minnesota on the road on Sunday. Uh, he went five innings, one run, got off the win on Monday, three strikeouts, His four straight outings with a W. For Tyler Wells, he's got at least five innings in all four starts, three in runs or less in all four starts. He doesn't strike out many guys, and that's just one of my things I've said so many times on the show is I need that dominating strikeout stuff because if you're pitching to contacts a lot, eventually to me it's going to catch up. It hasn't for Tyler Wells. He's been very, very good, like very good, but it, it kind of kept me kind of wishing. Like, he was on secondary bids for me, but I wasn't all like, super aggressive on him. What about you?
0: Yeah, um, not really aggressive. He's not the type of guy, especially in like a shallower league, like a 12-teamer. Exactly. i not really interested in having Tyler Wells in my lineup that much. I mean, I guess he's kind of similar to Marco Gonzalez in some senses. That might be like a good a good comp for him in the sense that he doesn't strike out a lot of guys, walks very few, very high O-swing, although Marco Gonzalez hasn't been doing that this year so far. So interesting. And then the Orioles are playing some good baseball. So you never know. But I wasn't really interested. Um, you know, the Babbitt's really low at 226. The strand rate's really high. Seems like there's some regression coming his way. Whether or not that will come, I, I'm not sure. But just not really something I'm interested in, in shallower leagues and then in deeper leagues. Again, like just not a lot of... It doesn't feel like there's a lot of reward for the risk. Although, again, like if you get the win yesterday and a shutout, you know, not a full shutout, but... Like doesn't give up any runs, then it's obviously going to be worth it. But you don't know that heading into the week, and and so I kind of shied away a little bit um, from anything on Tyler Wells. I don't
1: think he was available in my fifteen teamers, though. Yeah, I doubt he wasn't on fifteens. Like he does just enough to be rostered in fifteens, that's for sure. Because pitching's really bad in fifteen leagues, so mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, we're back to Tyrone Taylor season, like we were a few weeks back, because Lorenzo Cain got DFA'd and Hunter Renfro is on the IL again, which means everyday at-bats for Mr. Tyrone Taylor. Picked up in 67 leagues, as high as $51. Came into Tuesday night riding a five-game hitting streak where he hit two home runs over those five games. Went 0-4 for 4 on Tuesday. That's fine. But we know the power that he brings to the table. He was like a run producer in the middle of that order. Batting averages in his strongest suit. But uh, he's going to help produce a lot in, an, in a lineup that, from time to time, puts up a lot of runs. So he's he was very intriguing to me this week. Again, I don't break the bank for guys like this, but he was definitely intriguing him and Kutch McCutcheon was available on a lot of 12s and he is raking right now. But uh, Taylor was the popular name over McCutcheon for most.
0: Yeah, I mean, Taylor, I think he's pretty similar to some of the guys that we talked about before, like Edward Oliveres or somebody like that, where it's just like, you know, in a 12 team or a shallower league, like there's not a huge differential d- differential. And so looking at like this week, I remember distinctly he's negative point three dollars. You know, for the first half of this week. And that's because he's got Shane Boz today. He's got I think Corey Kluber tomorrow. And then I think he's got the Pirates um for a game. So all that all that negative point three, all the positive in that is probably in that Pirates game right there. So a little bit of a tough matchups in a shallower league, not really like interested for this week um in him necessarily. Uh, but I think in deeper leagues, like if he's available in a 15-teamer, which is highly unlikely because he's probably on my team. Um You know, I like what I've seen, like the batting average has been low. The home runs have been decent. You know, he's got nine home runs and 218 plate appearances. He's got the 13 barrels, 8.3% barrel rate, you know, which isn't great, but it's very solid. Um, You know, he's just kind of like there and he's going to accumulate some stats, you know, being in that lineup with all the injuries, maybe batting a little bit higher in that lineup. He's going to steal you a handful of bases. You know, he's going to hit you 20 plus home runs probably, you know over the course of the full season. So, I like him a lot in deeper leagues and shallower leagues. He doesn't really do enough for me to differentiate him from, you know, the best guy that week that I can stream.
1: I yeah. uh, don't blame you one bit on that one. Uh next up though, I'm looking forward to seeing what you have to say on this one cuz I had some interesting conversations on Twitter on Sunday night cuz I was bewildered at the lack of interest from many on Mitch White who is entering the Dodgers rotation taking the Andrew Heaney spot. Uh, he was added in the 61 leagues as high as $58, so not a big spend. Uh, through four innings, gave it three runs, struck out three against Atlanta. Not the easiest of matchups. We've seen some strikeout upside for Mitch White. He showed some, some punch when he played with them last year. Um, big thing that I like, he gets San Diego this week, and the next week's two-step at home against Colorado and at home against the Cubs looks very juicy to me. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Mitch White? Because I added him everywhere I could, but I might have been overly optimistic. We'll see.
0: Yeah, he was in my he was in my bids for fifteen teamers. I think he was like fifteen bucks or something like that that I put in for him, um, fourteen bucks because I never put like a five or a zero um, at the end of my bids. Um, so yeah, I mean he um, yeah, I mean like. I, I, I essentially went after him cause he's a Dodger pitcher. And because of the scheduling schedules that you schedule that you mentioned, like when I look under the hood, there's not like anything too exciting to be about again, other than the fact that he's a Dodger pitcher, which is hugely valuable in my, in my esteem, uh, you know, 9.4 or 16% K minus walk rate is decent, but 9.4% swinging strike rate, 26.8% O swings, not really getting chases. You know, the walk rate is right around, if not a little worse than league average for a starter. Z contacts around 89%, you know, as well. He does have like a decent repertoire. I think it's the, it's either the slide up or slider or the change up that yeah. Slider generates 18% whiffs 40% O swing, you know, but still some decent contact in the zone. So he's really, you know, relying on, on guys chasing, but that fastball just does nothing. You know, doesn't get chased on pitches outside the zone 4% swinging strike rate. So again, like I think the value, like you mentioned before, isn't necessarily in the metrics, but it's in, you know, the schedule and the fact that he's with the Dodgers and hopefully with that will come some wins. So I think he was definitely worth, you know, um, putting bids out there for, but I wasn't super aggressive because I didn't, again, see anything that I really loved in what he was doing outside of that 16% came out as walk rate, which theoretically is the most important metric. If you're just going to look at one.
1: And the other thing I'll mention, and I, like I did this before, is I don't go crazy on a lot of pitchers. And I didn't, again, break the bank. It's like a broken record. But it's like Ross Tripling a few weeks ago. There's certain pitchers on good teams I know are going to have an every-week role that I'm willing to put a little more focus on than the guys like the Tyler Wells for a week or stuff along those lines. I'll go ahead and be a little more aggressive on a Mitch White, who I know I'm going to hold on to for a while, barring something catastrophic compared to a, a you know pitch-and-ditch type situation. So... That's where I was really aggressive on white, looking at the lack of pitching options, even in 12 things, 15s is dreadful. But even in 12s, I'm like, this dude actually has a role going forward on the Dodgers. Like, I'm going to value that a little higher than some other potential streamer such situ- like Keegan Thompson's of the world. So that was where I was on this. Like, I am on stripling and I've been playing stripling almost every week. So that's, that's just kind of where I sit on those. Graham Ashcraft. Added in 60 leagues as low as 50, or as high as 51, as low as one, coming off eight strong against the Giants, trucking out eight. Two starts previous to that, really, really bad. So he had one good start to get everybody back on board, apparently. So that was fun to see the short memory span of many people out there. Uh, He gets the Cubs in Chicago this week, and then um, next week. Pittsburgh so what's your think Nick Dolo is coming back soon so we'll have to see how that rotation yeah, plays out is. as well because Ashcraft is supposed to if if the schedule is right on Roto-Wire Ashcraft is pitching game two of the doubleheader next week so he's technically not even one of the main stays in the rotation so he might be out after the following week so what's your thoughts on Graham Ashcraft who I did not put any bids on after he blew up two straight starts
0: yeah that little Dolo is going to be a little tough too because you got um, he's got the Mets at home and then Tampa Bay at home. So he's got one pretty juicy matchup and then one really tough matchup. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm definitely, uh, excited about that. Yeah. Ashcraft. I don't really see anything to kind of latch onto outside of the results. I mean, two twenty three twenty seven ERA, one Oh nine whip. That's nice, but only 27 strikeouts in 41 and a third innings pitched, you know, 15.8% K rate, 4.1% walk rate. So 11.7% K minus uh walk. You know, below league average there. His Z contact is awful at 92.3%. He's essentially like the best hitter in the league when it comes to making contact in the zone, maybe like a Steven Kwan or something. Um, o swing, 34.1%. You know, so that's good. So, like, he's not going to walk a lot of guys, but, you know, the Babbitt is relatively low at 260. The home runs per nine, 0.87. I don't know if he has a history of, you know, suppressing home runs in the minors or not. Um, it looks like he does a little bit, but he doesn't have a huge track record. So maybe that's uh, a quality that he, that he does have. Um, what's his ground ball rate? Uh, his ground ball rate's pretty high at 57.5%. So maybe that's how he does a little bit of the damage limitation. But again, like I don't see a huge upside here. He's on a bad team. He's not going to get you a lot of Ks. So you're really relying on those ratios. And I think those can go South pretty quickly. So not really interested in him, especially shallow league and a 15 teamer. I could see why maybe somebody might take a shot at that, but I'm not super interested. So it wasn't on my
1: radar. 100% on board with you on that one. Speaking of Ross Stripling, he was added in 51 leagues, as high as $59, as low as one. One big reason, two-step this week. That's what people always love to target. He had Boston tonight where he pitched five, gave up two, and then he gets Uh, Tampa Bay on Sunday. The one thing I'll say about Stripling, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. That's well-established, but he's made five starts now. He's going to get up five total runs. And he's got three wins in those five starts. That's including tonight's outing. So he's doing the little things to get the job done. Um, But if he struck out guys, that'd be great. they are letting him go like 85 to 90 pitches. He's not going like deep, deep. But he's doing just enough on that with that offense behind him to be an effective starter from time to time. So that's why I already had him everywhere. So I didn't have to go bidding on him. But what were your thoughts on Ross Stripling?
0: Yeah, I like him a lot. I've got him in one 15-teamer, I think. I got him a while back. Yeah, he's been he's been really good. I mean, he really seems to be have made some changes. I'll dive in in a second. I want to say that he's started using his change up a lot more, which has always been his best pitch, but I may be absolutely wrong with that. But yeah, I mean, the results have been great. 308 ERA, you know, 106 whip, um, 43 strikeouts and 52 and two thirds. But, you know, you look at the K rate, it's not great, but it's at 20.3%. So it's higher than 20% lower than league average but that walk rate is also really low 5.2% with a 37.4% O swing. So an absolutely elite O swing which I think is really critical, right? Getting those chases on pitches outside the zone. His K minus walk rate is a very respectable 15.1%, you know, even last year it was a 14.8%. So in in 5 of his 7 seasons that he's pitched, you know, he's had a better than league average K minus walk rate. The swinging strike rate is also back up 11.1% so that's solid enough. And then the Z contact, while not terrific, is at 86.1%. So slightly worse than league average, but not like, you know, not, not, not God awful. Um, and then when you think, let me just see if there's like been a little bit of a VLO bump or anything like that with him. No, no VLO bump at all. So probably usage pattern change. So yeah, it's the change up. Yeah, it's the change up. The change up has a 20.7% swinging strike rate. in zone, a 52.3% O swing, which is just pretty darn good. That is phenomenal. Um, And he's throwing it a lot more. So last year, it was his fourth most used pitch. Just to give you a sense, last year, he threw, geez, I got to do math quickly here. Uh, (laughs) Essentially, what's 800 plus 862? He threw 1662. Yeah, like seven, let's just say 1700 pitches last year. You know, this year he has, and he only threw two hundred and fifty-four changeups. This year, he has thrown, let's call it eight hundred and fifty, so like half as many, um, half as many innings, or half as many pitches, and he's got two hundred thirteen changeups, so almost as many changeups. It's the second uh, most uh, common pitch that he's throwing, and I think that's a huge change. Like those are the types of things that can really boost somebody from kind of middling spot starter to a guy that you throw in there regularly. And today was a total bummer because he pitched well. I was really nervous about having him in there with the Red Sox. Last year, the Red Sox absolutely blew him up. So I was really bummed out, you know, because for some reason the Blue Jays didn't want to win the game and they brought in Trent Thornton to protect a two-run lead. I was like, wait a second, let's... Let's like break down Trent Thornton here for a second. Okay. <laughs> I hope he's really bad. Because, and we're gonna lose uh, every He wasn't here, that bad him. before today. It's like 345 ERA, one, two, four whip, twenty-four strikeouts, and thirty-one and a third. But yeah, 10.1% came out as walk rate, 8.4% swinging strike rate, 26.9% O swing, 90.2% Z contact. Is that the guy that you want to pitch against the Red Sox in a division game up to with the win for my pitcher? On the fantasy line, Toronto Blue Jays fans, absolutely not. That is not. I can't who you believe have you're still wearing that protect hat. Protect that lead. This is my Ross Stripling hat. This is actually my hey. Vlad Junior. Didn't he have a game-winning hit today? I think so. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, yeah. This is my yeah. game-winning Vlad Junior hat that I have on today, as well as my Ross Stripling. Trent Thornton cost him a win hat. Um, <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm thinking about uh, starting a Twitter account that's dedicated to. Um, just going off the rails every time like a uh, a starting it pitcher in fantasy, fantasy baseball it has a wind blown. Yeah, that's my new that's my. That would be a, be a busy, right account. busy account. It would be a busy account. <laughs> busy it account. would be a busy
1: account. All right, next up on the list. I'm glad we're on the same page on Stripling, though. Seth Brown added in 50 leagues as high as $39. You know, he came in in his last six games, multiple hits in four games, hit safely in all six, hitting in 440 with two home runs, a stolen base not playing every day, but close to every day. Didn't, did not play on Tuesday, but we know what he can do. He's streaky. He's got some power. We talked about it in the preseason, with everyday playing time. Not going to be a batting average asset, that's for sure, but I guess people wanted to roll with him going into Yankee Stadium and, and whatnot, but I wasn't overly aggressive on Seth Brown. We talked about Tyrone Taylor. We talked about Oliveras. We talked about Josh Lowe. Like, Brown would have been far down the list for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's somewhat interesting. I, what's remarkable is he has seven steals, you know? So, yeah. like, he's got 10 home runs, seven steals, and 241 plate appearances. So, we're talking about, like, a, I don't know, like a 22, 22 and 15 guy, you know? Like, over it, the course is, of a full season. Is serviceable, which is, quite serviceable. Which, it's, it's definitely serviceable. I think he's still being platooned, though. Yep. you know um so he's not necessarily hitting against lefties which is always a little bit difficult to time in 15 teamers he's long gone so in 12 teamers again there's not much that kind of differentiates him especially like i want to stay away i think he had a decent game yesterday but like i i want to stay away from that yankees pitching staff like there's yeah. no
1: there's no part of me
0: that's really super interested in having hitters go up against them
1: yeah 100 percent with you let's recap our moves for the week toby if you want to pull yours up we'll uh, talk about our, our ad drops because then we have a, a handful of listener questions to go over from last episode and this episode to get you guys covered on some goodies here so when you are ready the floor is yours my friend
0: yeah uh added nick gordon dropped uh carson kelly 14 dollar bid four dollar backup uh, I'm going kind of naked in one in a couple of my leagues with Danny Jansen. There, um, I got Carson Kelly. I got his home run. Kelly actually has cores at the end of the week, so I was like, oh, maybe I should hang on to that. But it's just—I dropped it's, him everywhere
1: like three or four weeks ago. I just couldn't yeah, do it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's like when you go like one for fifteen on the week, you know, it's just brutal. Picked up Corey Knebel. Dropped Daniel Hudson uh, two dollars. You know, with Knebel, this is just kind of one of those. He's had two clean outings in a row. I can't remember. Did he have a clean outing today, or did he did he blow it? I did not see what
1: Philadelphia did.
0: It was uh, a tie see. game
1: last time I saw.
0: It's five. It was five to three. Uh, yeah. So he he pitched two and two and a third. He had a strikeout. He didn't blow anything. So um, you know, again, like it's just one of those situations where maybe he strings together like five or six clean outings, and they try him out again, I wouldn't move Sir Anthony Dominguez out of that role, but you know, you never know what big league managers are going to do. And then also picked up, uh, Austin both. Uh, this is a, um, this is a 15 team league. Both actually pitched decently well for the Orioles in his first start. He only went three innings, uh, but Velo was up a little bit. Um, he was, uh, he had a decent number of swinging strikes. Uh, so I was just kind of going with it. I mean, that's how desperate things are, but Uh, Next week, this week, he's got a decent matchup. He's got uh, at Seattle, so he's throwing tomorrow, not starting him then. The next week, if he looks good this week, the next week he's got home against Texas and then home against the Angels. And so, again, you know, like, I don't know if I'll throw him out there, but he's worth a speculative ad there just to see kind of what happens. Um, So that was one, the 115 teamer in... Another one, uh, I added Seiya Suzuki, um, $73 bid, which is one of my higher bids of the year. I only had a $16 runner-up, which I found a little bit surprising. Um, If you go to Seiya Suzuki's um, player page, uh, Seiya Suzuki nearing rehab assignment. He's getting closer to rehab assignment, took live bratting practice on Tuesday. He's been out about a month, but I'm anticipating that he's going to be back, I don't know, two weeks, something like that. And we forget really quickly that Seiya Suzuki... Uh, so he's got four home runs and three steals in 140, um, at bat. So multiply that by four. So like you're looking at maybe like he had about 16 and 12, but he had 21, he had 20 runs, 21 RBIs. So you're looking at 80, 80 average there with like decent batting average. So again, like he could be a real difference maker, I think, um, down the stretch. So I was willing to bid a decent amount. I also had a little bit saved up there. Added Josh Smith dropped Mikel uh, Franco. Franco's just like he was playing every day. He started to lose some playing time. He just kind of sucks. Doesn't really do anything special. Um, so I dropped him. Josh Smith, I'm really hoping he can help out with some saves. Hitting atop that lineup. It is a little bit of a bummer that he seems to be in a pretty clear platoon there where they're just hit, pitching him against, uh, going, having him go against righties. So we'll see how long that lasts. But, um, you know, who knows? Hoping that I can get John Birdie in a bottle or something like that. <laughs> Um, in the main added Jesus Aguilar, who was available for 48 bucks. So this was, this actually was like a, I really, I, I enjoyed this fab run, um, in this particular league. Jesus Aguilar, I added $48, 32 runner up dropped Bobby Dahlbeck again, like kind of like a pretty similar guy to Bobby Dahlbeck with a higher batting average playing every single day in a Marlins lineup that isn't great, but also has some potential there. If some pieces get hot. Um, so I like him as a guy that I can just kind of rotate in based on matchups, get those four versus three type things going on. Um, Lou Trevino I added for 33 backup of 12 dropped Eric Haas, um, added Josh Smith, dropped Miggy Rojas, uh, $23. I was pretty aggressive because I needed steals in that league. Um, so I was going with Josh Smith. In another league, added Jose Quintana, uh, brought, dropped Bobby Dahlbeck, a bit of $24, a runner-up of $18. Um, Quintana has has pitched really well, actually. I mean, like he yep. pitched pretty well. He pitched pretty well today, so that was nice. And then he's got a good matchup, I think, at the back half of the um, week as well. So uh, kind of looking uh, – Milwaukee he's got at the end of the week. So hopefully that works out as well. Um, so that was, I think, my only add there. Um, in my 12 teamer in my OC, uh, added Jack Sawinski, uh, dropped Zach Davies. Again, the pirates have a juicy schedule Four at, uh, the nationals against that pitching staff. Um, and then three on the weekend, which I think are a decent matchup Milwaukee. Um, but Milwaukee doesn't have their best arms right now. They will get Woodruff who pitched brilliantly today. And then in my OC, I had Jose Quintana. I added him for three bucks, dropped Nico Horner, um, Horner in it. Horner in an OC is, is decent you know i think he's pretty well owned but i have i have john birdie already so steals aren't really a thing and i don't think corner does enough overall in an oc to really you know be worth it compared to kind of like a streaming guy so um and then in tgfbi i added josh low 78 dollars back of a 54 again i'm pretty offensively starved i think i actually have the bet i let's see i should i should look this up I think I have the best pitching staff overall. No, I don't. Uh, Steve Weimer does. Sorry, Steve. Of course. Apologies. Of course. Uh, but I, I have the number seven overall pitching staff in TGFBI. And so um, again, like really needing my hitting to get going um, there. So uh, Josh Lowe, uh, 78, a runner up of 54 and then added Josh Smith as well. Dropped Bailey Ober. my pitching staff in TGFBI is just absolutely juicy. Just like, crushing um virtually every category except for saves but i've got iglesias and now i've got dominguez and i've also got uh, daniel bard and then in barf sorry guys this is a long one uh josh smith i added josh smith and dropped but jonathan vr um in barf because again I'm, I'm light on speed there so josh smith was kind of the major guy i was attacking through across leagues and then Um, got a few other guys in in a few other places how about your leagues how did they go
1: uh one of my ocs i added orlando arcia dropped jonathan vr eleven dollars no runner up added dane dunning dropped eduardo rodriguez which i just i'm gonna regret that i know i just have no idea what's going on there i need the roster spots got dane dunning for four dollars no runner up and then i added uh, elias diaz for one dollar no runner up he went deep on tuesday um do in my next oc I added Mitch White, dropped Alex Fado, added uh, $16, runner up of eight. Actually, I actually had a runner up in that one. Uh, added Josh Lowe for 13, dropped Jonathan VR for seven, added Cal Raleigh for a dollar. Um, next up in my next OC, I added Mitch White for 31, dropped Alex Fado, runner up of 12, added Eddie O for 17, dropped Bryson Stott, runner up of five. That one stings already. Um, and then my fourth OC, my fourth and final OC, added Mitch White for 31, runner up of two, dropped Eduardo Rodriguez, added Orlando Arcia, dropped Nico Horner, 13 to three in that one. And then in my OCQ, uh, added Mitch White for 22, dropped Danny Jimenez, no runner up. Added Andrew McCutcheon for 14, dropped Bryson Stop for a uh, runner up was 11. Added Dane Dunning, dropped Tyler McGill, finally gave up on that one. Uh, $12 runner up of two. And then my other OCQ I had two of them, this one I'm in first place in, uh, added Mitch White, dropped Jose Miranda, who went deep today, $33, no runner up bid. That was fun. Uh, in barf, I added Mitch White for 44 runner up was 37. So that made me feel better. Dropped Cole Calhoun in that one. And then last but not least, TGFBI added Mitch White for 44 runner up a 13 Dropped Glenn Otto, and that was it there. So not a ton of fab work for me. But like I told you, lots of Mitch White. Lots of Mitch White in my world. at Orlando RCA too. We'll see how that plays out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I lost V.R.s and others of the world. So needed some middle infill help. So we went with Orlando RCA. All right. It's time for some listener questions. Like I said, we'll go over the ones from a few weeks ago and some more. We'll start off with Mr. Todd Whitestone himself. Um which third base eligible player would you rank first and second over the rest of the 2022 season? You can cross off Ezekiel Duran cause he's back in the minors, <laughs> but um, you have Jose Miranda, Jake Berger, Bryson Stott, Patrick wisdom, um, assuming mm-hmm. there's no categorical need. So out of those four, who's number one and who's number two for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think wisdom would be number one um, wisdom. Like I should probably look at and, and see, he's been you know,
1: pretty decent lately, actually.
0: Yeah, so he's hitting 232. And again, like compared to like the league average, like no problem there. He's got 14 home runs. He's even got two steals, 38 and 37 in terms of runs in RBI. I mean, again, the strikeout rate is really high, but it's 34.2%. He's walking a decent amount. His contact rate is actually up in the high 60s. I mean, that's actually pretty juicy. Um, so I, I like wisdom a lot. You know, 14 home runs. How many barrels does the guy have? 25 barrels. 16.4%, which is actually the same as as he had last year. So it's con- consistently just barreling it up. I mean, really an incredibly underrated um, player in a lot of ways. Um, who are the other guys? Berger. Is Burger injured or Ber- is he? Berger,
1: uh, he should be still playing. Uh Berger, Bryson Stott, and Jose Miranda.
0: Yeah, I mean, Stott, I'm not a huge fan of at all. Um Berger was getting super lucky the last time I looked. Let's see, eight home runs, two fifty-one. Yeah, you know, really bad chase rate. I, I think that'll catch up with contact, him probably. Though. Man, it's good. Yeah, the quality of contact it's is very good. So role. actually like a relatively similar profile to Wisdom. Yep. The question will just be like, how how low does that? And Moncada
1: just got activated off the IL today.
0: Adding average go. So there you go. There's another answer there. The problem with Stop for me is like, he just doesn't really do like anything. anything. Like he reminds me a lot of... of um. I say this every single time. So sorry, I'm a broken record, but like a little bit of Kevin Biggio in the sense that like, he's got a little bit of pop. He's got a little bit of speed, but like, it's not, it's not good enough. Like, um, to compensate, you know, although his max EV is up to 106.3, So that's at least, um, a little bit of something, but I'm just not seeing it yet. It could be there. Cause he's got the good O swing. He's got the good contact rate. You know, he barrels the ball, not great 3.7%, but he can at least do that. So, um, and he's got the playing time, or appears to have the playing time a little bit. But I'd go with Wisdom and burger and then probably Stott. I mean, Duran got dropped down, and then who was the other one? Jose Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. I mean, I know he had a bomb today, but I just don't think he's playing enough, right?
1: I mean, I know yeah. this question
0: was from like three weeks ago, so it's probably changed considerably,
1: but um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's wisdom and burger for me. I'm a big burger fan. Uh, Moncada coming back will be interesting, given Moncada's not that good right now. So, we'll see how that playing time plays out. But uh, I, uh, I I do like burger quite a bit. But yeah, it's wisdom for sure. I even pulled up his last 14 games. He's got he's got only two home runs, but hitting .294, which is outstanding for him. Uh, 28% K rate, which sounds like a lot, but for him, it's pretty darn good as well. And you mentioned the quality of contact: 14% barrel, 45% hard hit over the last two weeks uh z contact up to 81 percent, which is O oh, swings only 26 percent over the last two weeks so there's some signs of life with patrick wisdom which is pretty intriguing to see for sure so I, I like that one quite a bit little book of calm asked welcome back i'm a dummy who picked gilio over alcantara this year and i'm trying to decide ah. how sad to be and this was back then geo has a 388 era swinging strike percentage is down csw is stable the 465 xera and 333 sierra Tell very different stories. Three fifty-four Babbitt, eighty-three percent left on base. How do you feel the rest of season? Um, I've discussed him on a few other shows, not just this show, but other shows. Um, and he he dealt. He, he was much better against Anaheim, given Anaheim strikes out a ton. It all revolves around his changeup right now. His changeup is hideous and getting crushed because he's leaving it right in the zone. When his changeup's on, it's great because if you look at his CSW and a lot of other spec uh, numbers, they're in line with his previous seasons. Like they're they're really strong. His changeup's just getting pounded. So he's got to figure that out. I don't know if it's a slippery ball or what it is. I'm still very optimistic on Giolito. I think he's that good. We saw even last year he had that hiccup in the middle of the season and then he came back and pitched really well. So maybe I'm being silly and optimistic, but I'm optimistic. What about you?
0: Yeah. Um let's see what we got here.
1: It's scary. He's getting up a ton of long balls. It's no Jose Barillo story, but it's still scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like the combined numbers are 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 still good, but like if you look at his last 5, Z contact at
1: 85.7, O swing is below 30%, 28. Oh, sorry, 8. he he had more on here. He also said it's a 21% K to walk, which is top 15 in baseball. 11 home run on 16 barrels, kind of unlucky. 33% ground ball rate, which is the worst of his career.
0: Yeah. Um, K percentage is at 18.3 over the same range, 11.5 screen strike. So there's not like a lot great going on and I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure exactly sure what it is. I feel like we need some uh, smart person to write, you know, some sort of article explaining to us the VLO is down, down, down. It's like, that's not good. Um, it's going down. So I think the thing is like, he was at his best when he was 94, 95, and now he's struggling to get to 93 on average. So that I think explains some of it, but some of it's bad luck. I mean, you just look at the numbers, like he's got a 360 Babip against. I mean, I think in the last two games he had like over 20 combined hits against. Um, the home runs per nine are at 1.95, you know, which is um, you know, that's even like that's worse than his when he was the worst pitcher in baseball, you know, a few seasons ago. So I threw him out there this week just on a hope and a prayer, and he did well. It was an encouraging start um, yesterday. I don't know about the velo number, but I know that he had, I think, like um, 14 whiffs and 90 pitches. He had like a and 33% CSW or something like that. 33% CSW. So there were some encouraging signs. Like, you can't just give up on him, but certainly you'd rather have Sandy Alcantara. I also I drafted Giolito in second round, I think I I really wanted him on one of my teams and I drafted him the second round. I think of my my super maybe or something like that. So yeah, it's just one of those breaks. Like you, you weren't expecting this. Like even, even when he was really bad last year, like he wasn't this bad. Um, so you just hope that, that he starts to get a little bit lucky now and that can get him through this, this slump. And then they can figure out something to get that low back up
1: yeah i agree and i could see a second round in a 15 and you'd have to do it for sure so we'll see how that plays out and i apologize if anybody can hear it my neighbors decided to light off fireworks already so june 28th mm-hmm. everybody so have fun with that but Man. um it's fire season don't they know that oh i know i know they went on sale today for the first time and they're already lighting them off so it's gonna be a fun week i can tell already um Cephas 21 says i stocked my teams with a mass amount of multi inning guys at the beginning of the, of the season such as king burke thompson and aiken some event has them all playing different roles. King not getting two or three innings anymore. Who are guys to fill these spots and targets for ratios? So some long inning relievers to target for ratios potentially. Um,
0: one guy who comes to mind who actually had a blow up, not a blow up, but like give up two runs yesterday is Reynaldo Lopez. Like, if you look at Reynaldo Lopez's last 15 games, like it's pretty incredible. Um, let me get it, let me get it up here. Um, so over Reynaldo Lopez's last 15 games, he is, all right, ready? All right, check this out. Reynaldo Lopez, last 15 games, Z contact, 73.1%. That is unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. 40.4% O swing. Unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. K rate, 29.5%, very good. Swinging strike rate, 18.6%. Very good. Walk rate, 5.1%. Very good. You know, so the K minus walk rate is 24.4%. Absolutely dominant. I mean, that's, that is, that's really good. Um, And then when you look at like his, his game log, yeah, he gave up two run runs yesterday, but you know, this is the number of strikeouts he's had in the last like 10 outings. One, three, three, two, three, three, two, one. Right. So again, like, you know, I don't think he's going to do that consistently, but um, the Velo is up past 96, I think. Um, he's just he's looked absolutely dominant. So that would be one name that I got. And then I'll just say, like, one of the things that I would do is just go to the pitcher leaderboards on um on baseball savant. You can even click over to the relievers. You can look at like Last thirty days, and just um uh and then just look at K minus walk rate, you know. Yeah. So K minus walk rate leaders over that time, and some of them are going to be closers like Edwin Diaz, Rizal Iglesias, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Joe Jimenez is up there. Like Joe Jimenez, like holy
1: cow, could he he actually
0: be good? Andres Munoz has been absolutely yeah, amazing. insanely amazing. good. Like I've been I've been using minutes.
1: him in a lot of DCs right now with injuries. I've used him a ton in DCs right now.
0: Yeah, totally. Class A, Griffin Jacks is a great one. I'd actually Griffin add Jacks him. Griffin Jacks is
1: a great one. That's big, a good call. Big, good big call. time.
0: Because like, yeah. he's thrown maybe a couple innings, and he also oftentimes piggybacks on guys Bingo. like Archer who can't go five. He um, can sneak so
1: some wins in there.
0: Totally. So he's good in there. So just kind of do that. Eli Morgan is a really good one. He's, he's been, been doing a ton of
1: work, too. Yeah, He's
0: been pitching fantastic. So there's a number of different guys that you can kind of um, go to and 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 get. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I would say. Those are some of the guys.
1: Yeah, I love the Griffin Jacks call. I think there's a lot to come off of because he's even a guy that you can get the long innings now, and if something happens with that rotation, he'll slide right in there. And now you have another starter that could be kind of good. So that's that's an interesting option as well. Uh, D-Bone asks, um, Cubs have some injuries and issues in the rotation. Maybe an opportunity for Caleb Killian to come back and start. Do you or Toby rate his skills enough to be on 15 teamers if he's up again?
0: Oh man, I don't know how you can trust the guy. I had him on fifteen teamers previously. I I don't know how you, I don't know how you throw Caleb
1: Killian yeah, out there. The prospect there, like, pedigree is pretty was, awesome, but it's been rough.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just been it was it's been so bad. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those ones where you really have to watch the start to appreciate it. But just had no idea where the ball was going. Like in his first start, he couldn't get any swings and misses. He got some swings and misses his second one, but he was just all over the place. Like you just you can't throw that out there, especially on the Cubs. And like, he's not going to be efficient with his pitches. Going five innings is going to be a struggle. There's so much downside. Um, It's just really hard. And obviously things can change. The projections really liked him. That's why I I had him. Liked him better than a lot of the other guys that were going for more money. Um, But you just haven't been able to put it together. So I I find it really difficult to think about adding Caleb Kelly into my roster anytime soon.
1: Yep, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Dave Petros Yellow asked, what's your advice for a person playing mains for the first time? That is a pretty good team, but wins is by far his worst category and and has had bullpens blow wins four nights in a row with Sandy about 10 minutes ago losing his win because Okert sucks. How do I not let it affect my mood? My wife could probably do without me getting super irritated at about 10 p.m. every night.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a great question, Dave. I think that's one of the beauties of season long. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like season long is because over the course of the full season, you will have those instances. You will have plenty of instances where a bullpen blows the win for your guy. Um, but you know, you'll also have instances where guy gives up four runs, guy gives up three runs in five, but still pulls out the win. So those ugly wins, and we tend to remember the the blown ones instead of the ugly wins that we get or the relief pitcher wins that we get. And so over the course of the full season, you just hope that evens out. And I think when you look at it, there will always be some outliers on your teams. But if you're up there in Ks, you know, you're up there in innings pitched, your ratios are decent and you have you've targeted guys that are on decent teams, then the win should eventually be there. But it is incredibly challenging challenging. It's just important to remember we're what, like 45% of the way through the season, something like that, like, you know, 40, 40 to 45% of the way through the season. And so, you know, it feels like there's so little time, but there's still a lot of time for things to change. And all it takes is a couple of weeks where, you know, instead of only getting wins in a third of your starts, you get wins in two thirds of your starts, And all of a sudden you're catching up and other guys get bad luck who have gotten lucky the first half of the season. You just hope it all evens out. Get that's that the beauty of season aggression. long.
1: Yep. Get that positive regression coming your way. As long as Alcantara keeps pitching the way Alcantara pitches, he'll get his wins. They will come eventually. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the beauty of it all, like you said. Uh, Joe G says, with India back, I have to drop one. He's probably already dropped them by now. But for fun, would you drop Luis Garcia of the Nats, Espinal, Brendan Rogers, or Justin Turner? In a deep six by six daily roto league, I dropped Justin Turner personally. Is it Justin Turner, uh, Brennan Rodgers, Espinal, or Luis Garcia of the Nats? And how many teams is it? Six, six. It just says deep six by six roto, six, deep six by six.
0: I I might do Espinal in that instance. Let me just see what he's, he's doing. It's between Espinal and Turner for me. I'm just done
1: with Turner. I just, he's not
0: good yeah i mean like the thing with espinal is you know the guy's almost at 300 plate appearances he's hitting 261 which is great he's got five home runs and he's got three steals if you add that with his rest of season bat projection you're looking at nine home runs and seven steals that's that sucks like you know like 10 and 10 is fine but like if he's not really like contributing a lot outside of that, right, he's going to be like 60 to 65 runs in RBI combined. That's just not a lot. I mean, Justin Turner, Justin Turner has been awful. Don't get me wrong here. Um, But Justin Turner also, Justin Turner also, as I look up his profile, Justin Turner has 37 RBI, 31 runs. So only got the four home runs and the one steal. But um, and he's hitting 216. But his rest of season projection is 272, 13 home runs, 45, 47, and one. You know, he's got 248 Babip, which is by far the worst of his career. Like by far, by far. His career Babip is 311. Um, but he's and he's doing his home run per fly ball is 4.4%. You know, like he's still making contact at a decent clip. He's got 15 barrels and only four home runs. So just be patient. Justin Turner will go on a, he'll go on a run. He's going to put together two or three weeks where he hits five to seven home runs, drives in 15 and 15 and hits like 400. And then all of a
1: sudden we'll love him again. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, sure. some questions for tonight now from tonight's questions. Anthony Gialdi asks, looking for thoughts and feelings and general impressions on Vinny P, Vinny Pascantino, Italian beef, Italian breakfast, whichever one you prefer. He's here and damage will be dealt. And he also said Bobby Wood Jr.'s picking it up. Bobby Wood Jr. is awesome. But what's your thoughts on Vinny P? Vinny Pasquantino. I know there's a lot of people that are very excited about Vinny. Yep. That are
0: very excited about Vinny. Um, his rest of season projection that I have from the bad Axe: 180 plate appearances, 251, five home runs, one steal, 20 runs, 22 RBI. So if you multiply that by two, which is about what we have left of the season, look at 251, 10 home runs, 40 and 44. Now, um, if you are very enthusiastic about Vinny, Um, you can look at his rest of season for steamer, which is 265, 13 home runs and two steals with 39 runs and 40 RBI. So again, you know, that'll be a pretty considerable contribution, but is it that much different than a lot of the minor league guys that come up? I mean, maybe, um, I know a lot of people are really excited about him. A lot of smart people are really excited about him. So, um, I'm interested to see what he does. And he's certainly probably one of the last like big time hitters that'll probably come up uh, this year. So if you're looking to splash some fab, maybe that's the place to do it. But I'm always just a little bit hesitant on these rookie guys, and I still haven't been able to get it over. But think about how excited we've been about so many rookies this year. Mm-hmm. Have the rookies been good? Like who's the good one? I mean, Luis Garcia's been good since he yeah. came
1: up. He's been good. Bobby Witt was good, but he drafted you drafted him. Same with uh, Julio. Yeah, yeah, you
0: drafted him like top
1: yeah but like yeah call up up wise many of them have not performed at all no
0: yeah it's just tough it's tough
1: it is the one thing i'll say about Vinny p you know he's crushing in the minors everybody knows 18 homers hitting 280 walking 12 and a half percent of the time only striking out 12.2 percent of the time so that was a he's had a pretty low strikeout rate his entire minor league career which is pretty promising for the big man um i'm optimistic for him again like I never break the bank. We've talked about this time and time again. Like Alec Thomas has been pretty good. Not great. He's been serviceable. Um, I'll say that much for rookie call-ups. But uh, way more have not performed than have performed, as you've mentioned. I hope Vinny P performs. I really do. So I understand if you need to to go get aggressive on him for power potential. But again, remember, it is the Royals lineup as well. So where are the run potential going to be? That's one thing to consider. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by Vinny P. I hope he does well. I really do. That'd be a lot of fun. Eric Somolski asks, guys, Dean Kramer, I mean, it's been good so far. Good home park. Maybe a thing. Seven shutout tonight, by the way, in mm-hmm. Seattle. He's looking good. He's been very, very good of late. So, Toby, what are your thoughts on Dean Kramer? Because he's been um, pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah. I just can't get on board with Dean Kramer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, is it the the Dean
1: or the Kramer part?
0: It's, it's the combination of the two. (laughs) I mean, I could handle a Dean. I could handle a Kramer, but gotcha, both of them. Um, and I may lose my, I may may lose my voice here in a second. I haven't talked this much in such a long time and had COVID in between. Um, yeah, I mean, 21 innings pitched 14 strikeouts, a one, two, four whip one, seven, one ERA. The peripherals, 16.3% K rate, borderline unrosterable. 5.8% walk rate, 10.5% K minus walk, 10.2% swinging strike, 87.2% Z contact, 34.7 O swing. So the O swing's great. It's really important. And is he getting like a ton of ground balls or what's what's his deal? Why can't I find it? <clears throat> um, no, only 37.9%. He's got a .43. Home run per nine. He's got an eighty six percent strand rate. I just don't see it. <laughs> I, I don't see, I don't see why he would do well, and he's doing well. And again, like you know, if you if you started him this week, I know I poo pooed him like this week, heading into this week, and he's doing well. But his best pitch, the only pitch with a swinging strike rate over ten percent, is his slider at thirteen point eight percent, and. So it's just like it's really hard to be see him being successful over the long term. Anybody can be successful over the short term, especially a guy who can get chase chased on pitches on this outside the zone. He runs up against a good, good enough schedule. You know, all that jazz like the Mariners have been doing crap. Right. And who has he faced? He's faced Cleveland, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Chicago White Sox. So not too bad of a, a start. And yeah, next week, he's got, he's got next nice
1: week, he, next week, he's at home against Texas and the Angels. Two good matchups yeah, so, as well. He's, I mean, he's, it in, could play, work he's in play out. next week. He's in play next week.
0: It could week. work out, but I just warn you.
1: Long-term. You've been warned.
0: Hey, do not this, trust Dean Kramer.
1: This feels like Bruce Zimmerman all over again. <laughs>
0: I kind of mean, like Bruce Kramer, Bruce Zimmerman, he did, a, he did his job at the end yeah, of then, season, but the season. And then one I cut bait. was out. You the,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, had to know one to cut bait. So if you want to roll with Kramer for a bit, go for it. Just know when to hit the eject button. It's it's a
0: great comp because, I mean, who, who did Zimmerman face earlier this year, right? Uh, it was yep. like, um,
1: who was it? First it was of like,
0: all, like the ball was like a...
1: Yeah, the ball helped him a ton. But like, once, once he started facing like the Yankees and stuff, it started going in the other direction real quick.
0: Like Bruce, so let's let's look at, take a look at Bruce. We should comp we should compare like who he had to face early on. He had 10, so he had so Bruce Zimmerman his first game he had Milwaukee and the Yankees. Okay, take it back. Yeah, then he had the Angels and the Yankees. Okay, I take it back again. And then he had Minnesota and then KC and then Detroit and then the Yankees two more times. Man, poor guy had to face the Yankees four, four out of eight times starts. out of eight stars. At least he had
1: the dead ball for that. That yeah, helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's a plus.
0: So anyways, that totally invalidated my point about Bruce Zimmerman. But yeah, Kramer, jump off while you can.
1: I'll, I'll put bids in the form next week. I'll, I'll sync with that ship. Those are two outstanding matchups. The, the Angels versus right-handed pitching right now, they're striking out almost 30% of the time
0: yeah. over the
1: last month. It is bad. Bad,
0: bad, bad. God, they're bad at putting together teams over there. Yes. Holy crap. So we'll wait and see how that one plays
1: out. Uh, Two more questions for you. Rand Simon asks, thoughts on Blake Snell? My entire bench is either on the IL, Scherzer, Rasmussen, Whitlock, Bader, O'Neill, Jansen. Scherzer's coming back soon or at home doing research at Tanner Houck. That was a wink-wink. I'm not using Snell this week in L.A., and then he gets the Giants at home. Then in Colorado, would you cut him? Yes, don't roster Blake Snell, but that's me. I have a bias. I have never been a Blake Snell guy. I think he might be streamable from time to time, but he is not an every-start guy for me. Toby's smarter than I am, though, so Toby, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you – I mean, it depends on how deep the league is. But, he said 12-team. Um, 12-team. 12 12 team. I mean – it's kind of borderline with Snell, but I'd still hold on to him. I mean, the potential we've seen in spurts has been absolutely incredible and it's really hard to get that
1: off the wire. But I think what I mean, asking though, is he's got so many guys on the IL, so he needs a roster spot and he benched him this week against the Dodgers. He's at the giants next week and then at Colorado. I mean, so he's, he's not going to, he's home them. against the giants. Next yeah. Week, right? And then at Colorado though. Yeah. Um, I mean, the
0: the San Francisco home start is perfectly reasonable start to throw him in, I think. I don't think the Giants offense is as good as it has been, um, no, ha- as it was last year. Lefty's um, good. If left good. Uh, it just depend. I mean, again, it depends on what you're picking up and adding. Blake Snell has not been good, but there's reason to believe it should get better. Like I mean, <clears throat> here's some examples. So, number one, he's got like a 58.6% strand rate. So, that ERA is bloated uh, way above what it should be. Um, You know, the walk rate's at 12.2%. But then, you know, 34.2% O-swing, so higher than his career average, right? So, that walk rate should come down a little bit. Um, He's getting ahead of guys at about his career rate, you know, slightly higher. Swing strike rate's at 13.4%. K minus walk rates at 12.2%, but I would argue that both the K rate and the walk rate are a little bit under what they should be. Um, so if they had a, a little bit in each direction, you know, like he hasn't had a K rate under 30 since 2018. So let's say it gets to like, goes down to 10% walk rate, and then he gets up to 28% K rate. Then you're looking at an 18% K minus walk rate. You know things change pretty quickly there, and the and the Padres are a pretty good team. So, you know, again, I'd probably hold on to him. Again, it seems difficult because you got these two weeks where I mean he's playable next week. So you're really just talking about the at Colorado, and then at that point, you know, um, what are you looking at? Then who's after that? So you got, um, what does he have? He's got. Does he have Arizona this week or Philly?
1: He had Dodgers this week. He's sat him versus the Dodgers. Oh, I'm,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm too far behind here. So, all right. So he gets that one, two, three, four, five. four, five, one, two, three, four, five. She's got at Colorado, but then he's got at Arizona too. So, yeah, it's a little bit tough, but then after that, he's got at Detroit. Um, you can keep going. Then he's got home against Colorado. So again, you know, like, it's just, you're just in a bad run right now. Hopefully he gets it worked out over the next little bit.
1: Um, Just add Dean Kramer while you need somebody. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last question we got here. Joey G asks, thoughts on Jake Myers seems to be the starting center fielder in Houston. He is. He's shown a little power and speed in the mind. I'll get overly excited by Houston because they rotate guys around so much, but it's a great offense to hit in. So if it's a deep league, sure. What thoughts on Jake Myers?
0: Yeah, I mean I think he's a decent, um he's a decent guy. Um yeah, like you mentioned, like I think the major question is around playing time. I know they McCormick dropped down. I didn't didn't see if Brantley's in the lineup or not. I know he was He's on the I
1: L. He
0: he is on the IL. So there's some yep. space for sure. But he's also hitting ninth, you know, and um, you know, if he can replicate what he did last year with the three fifty two Babbitt, you know, he hit two sixty with six home runs and three RB three and three three steals. You know, so he was pretty good last year, but you know, maybe slightly lucky, 18.8% home run per fly ball. You know, he had 10 um yeah, 10 barrels, 10.1%. So decent. So I do think that there's like there's some hope there. What is he's he's five and four over two sixteen with a two thirty nine batting average according to the bad X. So, you know, there's a little bit there. So I definitely I had him on my bid list. Um, but I had like Nick Gordon and Taylor Trammell, I think ahead of him a hundred percent, um, just cause they're, um, yeah, I think there's more access to playing time there and, and, or batting higher in the lineup when they're in the lineup. So, um, again, so I think he's, he's definitely somebody who could, who could do the trick, but,
1: um, not overwhelmed. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It's like got to be really deep league and you're running out of options. That's the way I'd look at it. He's not my priority. I would even debate like Tyrone Taylor, you know, those guys over him potentially depending on your league situation there. So he's an option. He's an option, but not one of my favorites. Let's put it that way. All right, Toby. Great to be back. That'll wrap up another episode of Bubba and the Bath. Flip any final thoughts. We're almost at the halfway point July 1st, almost halfway there, Toby.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dean Kramer may not, may not get the win. Um, despite he's not his, going to cause Baltimore so well. did
1: not score against Robbie Ray. Uh, they did not. Yeah. And he Robbie Ray, as, a, he, he got wh- as many wins as, uh, Ross tripling tonight. He did.
0: Uh, Robbie Ray, amazingly, like for as much crap as he was getting, um, earlier on in the season is actually um, gotten better. What, gotten yeah. Better. What's he, what's he, his ERA is down to three, seven, eight, and his whip is now one, one, four. So, you know, he's kind of putting it together a little bit, um, but, yeah, no, um, it's nice to be back. It's good to see you, Bubba. Um, excited for this part of the season. I love this part of the season. I love the closeout of the season. Um, keep up keep up the good
1: work. Yep, should be a lot of fun. We'll be back with you guys next week. As always, keep grinding. Like I said, halfway point, almost to the all-star break. People are moving on to football. So uh, get ready to, to make some fun fab weeks ahead and win some leagues. Uh, make sure you check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm Matt B Diantrick. This was your week 13 fab recap. And we'll be back to you guys next week with another episode of Bubba and the Batflip. Catch y'all later.
0: That's gonna wrap us up for episode 223 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast and edition number 127 of Bubba and the Batflip. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. Really nice to be back um uh hosting with Bubba, or I guess I don't host, I just talk, but um, to be, uh, sharing the, sharing this sharing the microphone with Bubba, um, and doing the podcast again. Um, hope you all enjoyed that. Really appreciate you listening. Um, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week with uh, week 14, uh, fab review. Uh, take care and be kind to one another.